0: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave Lagreco. On today's episode, the return of WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, the most decorated tag team wrestler of all time, Deathmatch God. And maybe, come next year, your new Impact World Heavyweight Champion, Bully Ray. That's right. Bully is back and we dissect Monday Night Raw. We get into the firing of Bobby Lashley. Also, are we seeing a definitive change in Alexa Bliss? And speaking of changes, Asuka, what's next for her? A lot to do on the Busted Oak Podcast. Bobby Lashley fired last night before we get into the firing, Cause I have a lot to say about it. And I think people are going to be, uh, I, I, I think people are going to be a little bit surprised by what I have to say about that firing last night. But before we do that, bully, let's get into the match. Number one contenders match to see who's going to face Austin theory for the United States championship. Excellent match. And I love the ending. I love that. Bobby went for the spear and then uh, S- Seth countered it and hit the pedigree. That was an awesome way to end that match last
2: night, Bully. I've seen that done before, but I love the way Bobby and Seth executed it. It looked seamless, looked really, really good. Um, I think I've seen it one time with Triple H. Uh, I forget who went for the spear, but uh, the timing on it was perfect, and it's uh, um, a testament to the, the athletic ability of those two guys. Uh Agree with you. Good finish.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bobby, you know, um, kind of no, not no sold it, but he was kind of up pretty quick after that pedigree. It was almost like it felt like he almost got caught in a small package and lost by a small package because he was got back up. He was confused. He's like, what just happened here? And then, you know, hey, man, you you lost the match. You got hit with that pedigree. I mean, did you think that maybe Lashley should have laid out a little bit longer than he did?
2: Listen, um, when it comes to the selling of finishes, you know how I feel about things. Yeah, he was up quick. They probably said they they probably thought to themselves that this finish, if executed properly, is going to look really sweet. It's going to come out of nowhere. And people aren't going to really remember that Lashley's on his feet so much. I would have liked to have seen him down more or maybe do something else for the finish. Normally, when you want to have a guy right back up, you do something out of nowhere. So if Seth would have like if Bobby would have came for the spear and Seth would have jumped uh, leapfrogged him Bobby would have took uh, a turnbuckle and then Seth with have rolled him up one two three yeah. then I get it because you're not catching the pedigree on the guy I prefer finishes like that because it keeps the credibility on the pedigree and let uh, and then allows Bobby Lashley to be back up on his feet for the aftermath I'm not going to kill it uh it was It was a desperation pedigree, so it's not like Seth was setting up for it and maybe didn't nail the whole thing. He caught it real quick out of nowhere, just enough to get the three. Is what it is. Like, much of what I saw last night was, is what it is. I'm going to go back to the programming now. It's just a program. It's three hours of sports entertainment and wrestling. You're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. And they're going to move on. But at least they're telling a story when it comes to this U.S. championship. And and I think there
1: were a couple of stories last night. But, Bully, like, then we got to get into what happened immediately after that match. Then, you know, Bobby's hot. He corners the referee about the three count. And then, unbeknownst to him, there's a referee right behind him. He swings around and elbows the referee and knocks him out cold. And then Adam Pearce comes down. and was like, no, we're, I'm not having this. You know, and and this is where I got to cry foul because the last thing that Adam Pierce should be doing, number one, is laying his hands on Bobby Lashley, which is what Adam Pierce did, and get in the face of an athlete who just lost the match. Like, that's... That's a recipe for disaster. So before we get into the physicality between Lashley and Adam Pearce, I'm I'm saying Adam Pearce is completely wrong in this situation because he physically touched Lashley and then he got into Lashley's face. You see that Lashley is angry. You also know by judging by what happened that it was a complete mistake that he hit that referee poorly played by Adam Pearce last night, Bully.
2: What would you rather have seen Adam Pierce do?
1: You know what? Talk to him once he's in the back because it was not. It was not on It was not on purpose, bully. It was not on purpose. That was a mistake. You would have you wanted to
2: end the show with Bobby going in the back and Adam Pierce and Bobby having a talk.
1: You know what? End the show with a match. You know, he had a great match. It was a really good match. One, two, three. Great ending. It, it, it pulls me away from it just a little bit, and here's why. Because, hey, Bully, don't we say with this new regime of Triple H that, that, that you know what, creative-wise, they dot the I's and they cross the T's, right? They connect the dots creatively. Isn't that, isn't that what we're told with this
2: new regime under Triple H, Bully? I don't know if we're being told that. We like to assume that because Hunter is a detail guy.
1: Okay, Uh, I think he hit the nail on the head with that one. All right, so explain to me how Brock Lesnar can beat the shit out of four referees. Adam Pearce comes out to scold him. He hits Adam Pearce with an F5, and he gets suspended and fined. But Bobby Lashley, for inadvertently hitting a referee and then shoving Adam Pearce, gets fired. I'm sorry, a little tough for me to swallow
2: that bully. I totally understand that. But that's the story they're telling now. And they're not going to remind you of the Brock Lesnar story unless reminding you of the Brock Lesnar story helps this story moving forward. Yes, that's what Brock did. And what did Brock get? He got a slap on the wrist compared to what happened to Bobby Lashley last night. But that's not the story they want to tell.
1: But you know what, though? But again, to bring it back to dotting the I's and crossing the T's and connecting the dots creatively. Why not just have more physicality from Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley's pissed off. He's upset. You know, instead of just cornering the referee, how about he hits that referee? When Adam Pearce comes out to scold Bobby Lashley, you know what? Bobby Lashley, you know, puts the full Nelson on Adam Pearce and then just puts it on him and puts him on him until everybody from the back rushes Bobby Lashley and pries him off Adam Pearce. Then if Adam Adam Pearce turns around and says, you're fired, all right, I'm buying in. But the way that it happened last night, I'm sorry. There's got to be a lot more physicality from Bobby Lashley than just a a simple shove of Adam
2: Pearce. Knowing what I know, from working in the WWE and any other wrestling company, what you just described is extremely logical, but sometimes creative doesn't like to do it because they don't want to water down the shot. They only want a few people involved for you to pay attention to, to concentrate on. And last night they wanted you to concentrate on Bobby Lashley and Adam Pierce. I thoroughly agree. I would have went off the air in a in a similar yet much different way, similar as in um, Adam Pierce could have fired Bobby, and the minute Bobby heard those words, he could have put Adam Pierce in the hurt in the in the hurt, hurt lock. lock. Yeah. You're going to fire me now. I'm going to take it out on you. Do you are you a uh, is Bobby Lashley a baby face or a heel after last night? Right. I mean.
1: <laughs> You would think he's a heel, but judging from what I saw and how he got fired, I actually have sympathy for Bobby Lashley after what I saw. So you have
2: no. sympathy for your heel? Yep, I do. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a, To
1: me, it's a bad thing. Nowadays, I don't know. But for me, it's a bad thing.
2: You know, uh, uh, this this shade of gray that people talk about in the wrestling business. Vince Russo is a big proponent of the shades of gray because he's he'll always say that good guys don't always do good things and bad guys don't only always do bad things. And I can agree with that, but I'd like you to stay as left or right as possible. If I'm feeling sympathetic for a heel character, that's not good. Is there heat on Adam Pierce for last night? A lot of people might think so because in your, in your mind, Bobby should not have been fired because it was a mistake. Yeah. Here's the positive. I guess we have to tune in next week to see how they follow up this story, which if that's the last thing we can say about it, it's a good thing, because even if we didn't like the way they went off last night, even if we were confused by the way they went off last night, at least they know we're going to tune in next week to see if they can clean up some of this spilled milk and how they get there. And if they can do it in an efficient way, we might get back into the story.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the one thing, Bully, that you're 100% correct on is after what I saw last night. And listen, we're going to get into Monday Night Raw, the whole three hours of Monday Night Raw and things that we liked and things that we didn't like. But the way that they went off the air, it is that right, I I got to tune in next week and find out what the follow-up is. Because maybe there's a layer to the story right now, Bully, that I'm not seeing. Maybe Lashley isn't going to be a heel moving forward in the WWE. Maybe this is the start of a babyface turn for Lashley or an apparent babyface turn. Maybe the story isn't about Lashley at all. Maybe it's about Adam Pearce and how he pulled the trigger way too early on Lashley. Or maybe this was a way to write Lashley off of TV for the time being. We don't know. But like you just said, after watching the end of that show, I have to tune in next week to find out what's going to happen.
2: Just to follow up with a personal, uh, personal example and personal experience. I was just involved with something. The company doesn't matter in which logically something did not make sense to me. And as we were going over this throughout the day, I'm saying, my God, if this ever happened on busted open, I would be very, very critical of this segment. But I was reminded how, creative has a certain vision of how they want stuff to look on TV. And as a wrestler who always pays attention to detail, I know how I want something to look, you know, to look on TV. I want everything to be as realistic as possible. I want everything to make as much sense as possible. I never want you to walk away from the arena or walk away from your TV and go, yeah, but, or why didn't this happen? But sometimes creative is willing to let you walk away asking those questions because they get the shot that they want for TV. That's not watered down by other people being involved. Sometimes they just want two people in the spotlight or three people in the spotlight as a bunch, to, as as opposed to watering it down with a lot of bodies. Does that make sense to you? It does. And maybe it's too busy or maybe
1: they were too close to the end of the show, but too too busy busy is a great
2: way to explain it too busy.
1: But I just want it to be a little bit more logical because we've been down this road. If you're an avid watcher of the WWE and bully, I think you would agree that most people that probably watched last night's raw probably tuned in and saw what happened with Bobby Lashley and Adam Pierce as well. You can't have an ending like that where he's just he comes out and makes an announcement that he's been fined and suspended as opposed to Bobby Lashley in the moment getting fired. But again, maybe that's the story. Maybe the story moving forward is that Adam Pearce, because he's gotten burned so many times before, was quick to pull the trigger. Or maybe he was just pissed off at the fact that he got shoved and in that moment turned around and said, you're fired. But all I know is coming off of what I saw last night. I look at Adam Pearce as like, man, that was a harsh judgment. Also, and they did a great job of of doing this, which is very w- un WWE like. There was some harsh language. They obviously edited it out. They beeped it out. But you know, Adam Adam Pearce was pissed. So maybe he he let that that fury and that anger get the best of him, and that's why he fired Bobby Lashley.
2: And maybe Adam Pierce will come on TV next week and say, listen, you know, I jumped the gun a little bit. You know, uh, cooler heads have prevailed. I thought about this all week. Bobby, you're not fired. But if this ever happens again, I am going to have to fire you. There's a little way they can tie it up and move forward with it. A lot of people don't know that Adam Pierce wrestled. Uh, for a while adam pierce is actually a former nwa world heavyweight champion who yeah. knows maybe adam pierce is going to put the boots on and have a match with bobby lashley i don't know um what i do know is i want to see how they tie this up and if that's the very last thought i have in my head if, if at least we're, i'm not throwing this away dave going ah i don't want to see any of this and now it gets bobby away from the u.s picture And it leaves it alone for Seth and Austin.
1: As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
0: If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Bapchik's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Bapchik's Morning After on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Are we starting to
1: finally see a change in Oscar after that match with Rhea last
2: night? I think it's pretty easy to assume we're going to see the erosion of the character of Oscar and the rebirth of a of a character that people might not know and the ones that do you know who have been clamoring for and that character is Kana which was Asuka's original gimmick character when she was in Japan. I thought that Corey Graves did an excellent job of helping Asuka tell the story last night of she forgot who she was or what she used to be and how it looks like she's been upping her intensity. I like the fact that she got rid of the, the face stripe. I've always loved Oscar's look, no matter what she does, but taking away the face stripe, I think is the next step into stripping the character away because I don't think the character of Oscar. Is working for Asuka anymore. When she first started on the main roster, she was one of the biggest deals there. Everything that she did, she was a she was a badass. She was the female version of the great Muda. She had a hint of sexuality towards her that they actually pulled away from. Remember, Dave, when she would take the mask off, she would do yeah. that slight little like lick of the lick of the lips with her and tongue. A it was wink. like the, it there was just enough of everything like so many layers to her um and then for whatever reason after that match against charlotte at wrestlemania i believe it all started to to go away yeah and we've got this comical version of oscar this singing and dancing and over the top and Just it it hasn't worked for me. I don't think it's working for her. And I think creative has realized that they're going to take the fact that this Asuka gimmick is no longer working and we're going to step away from it. We're going to slowly move away from it. And we're going to evolve into something a lot more, um, a lot darker, a lot deeper. But here's the thing, Dave. If they go full blown with the Kana gimmick, which I hope they do, they have to really do it. You have to let it be what it can be. It has tons of potential. So hopefully they go with it. Well, and and this is to me,
1: and you mentioned that match with Charlotte. That was a that was in New Orleans at WrestleMania 34. So that, that's a long time ago in in, in in the in the world of the WWE. Asuka has been on the back burner for quite some time. You and I both hate the dancing and singing Asuka because we know Kana. And and listen, here's the thing that a lot of fans don't understand or maybe didn't realize what she did before WWE. Kana, Bully, had a very long career before reaching the world of the WWE. I mean, uh, Asuka's in her 40s. You wouldn't know it by how great she is and how fast she is and how youthful she looks, but she's in her 40s. She had like an almost 15-year career. As Kana. Before reaching the world of the WWE. And there was some danger. There was some darkness. There was some intrigue. To the character of Kana. And we haven't really seen that with Asuka. Oscar's just been somebody. At the beginning. Was somebody who was a very good pro wrestler. And then lately has been this over the top character. That I find more annoying. Than interesting. I'm going to go a step further too Bully. This to me is the first True test of Triple H and his creativity. Because we the where we saw Oscar flourish was under that NXT banner. And then once Asuka went to the main roster under Vince McMahon, it was a character that we really didn't really like and that we really were annoyed by. I want to see what Triple H and his creativity can do with Asuka. And this is what worries me a little bit, Bully. If this was anywhere else... I know I wouldn't have an issue, and I think we would see the best of her. But in the world of the WWE, I think the lack of a better term, Bully, is they play it safe. And they can't play it safe with this character. Like you said, they got to go full-blown with Kana. And do you think they're
2: going to do that, Bully, in the world of the WWE? Do you think they played it safe with The Fiend? I I
1: I do. I do think they I think when you saw when you saw the Max Cady character of Bray Wyatt, they were going down a road that I thought was ultra interesting and creative. Once they went to the fiend, I think they went too far on the supernatural aspect, almost cartoonish. With the fiend character, and and it didn't it didn't work for me, and that's something we'll get to get into a little bit later when it comes to Alexa Bliss, but it didn't work for me.
2: I mean, Oscar slash Kana does uh, have a cartoonish look to it, yes, but the character is extremely dark. It almost feels like a um, you know, like an evil clown from a from a looks perspective meets Gene Simmons, almost like it meets Gene Simmons from kiss um, with the same type of work rate that we get in the ring from Oscar or Akana, To me, it's a very interesting character. It's a dark character, lots of layers. They have to be able to run with it though, but much like, like the WWE, we've seen them when it comes to characters that have not been created by them. Case in point, Best example, in my opinion, Matt Hardy. Yes, broken Matt Hardy worked like a charm. Woken, woken. What was it? that's what they called them in WWE? Woke Matt or yeah,
1: something along those lines. I it I did, it did not remember. work at all. Yeah, it was it unmemorable. Work.
2: Unfortunately. So hopefully the WWE doesn't try to put too much of their spin on the kind of character. Um. Hopefully they stay true to what it was, if that's the direction that they're going in. But I think it's a breath of fresh air for Oscar. And I think the fans will really be into it. What I'm most looking forward to is how they reveal the character, how the character eventually comes to life. And I love the picture that she posted on social media a couple of weeks ago because it's kind of what I had suggested on the show a couple of months ago, the picture of her staring in the mirror, staring in the mirror and seeing a certain reflection of herself, staring at herself in the mirror. I'd love to see a shot of, of Oscar looking into the mirror, but the reflection that's coming back is kana like i texted you last night oscar's oscar is a very very pretty woman she has a very pretty face i want to see that pretty face looking into the mirror with no makeup on and like she she doesn't wear a drop of makeup sometimes on her face is very very pretty that pretty face with no makeup on staring into the mirror with that full face of of makeup standing back of it, almost like the reflection in the mirror is telling you who you need to be. That reflection is reminding her of who she really is. And we got a little bit of that on social media and she's been playing with it on social media and I love it. I love the teases on social media and Twitter from Asuka. And
1: listen, we got a major tease last night. Like you said, didn't have the line makeup. You know, We saw her at the end with no makeup at all. And that we have not seen that from Asuka so far since she's been with the WWE. But he also had the look of doubt. When she lost that match and she blew that mist into Dominic's face. Uh, and by the way, Dominic sold it a hell of a lot better than Paige did a couple of years ago when she got blown in the face by the mist, if you remember that. It was almost like an inconvenience where Dominic played it beautifully. And again, I'm going to have to talk to Tommy Dreamer. I don't know the significance of the blue mist. I got the red I got the green mist I got the red mist but I haven't seen the blue mist so we got to find out the significance of the blue mist I think only Tommy
2: Bully would know the significance of the blue mist How much of a genius was the great Muda because if he took independent bookings he charged different amounts for whatever mist he was going to blow
1: Yeah that's why I somebody asked me on social media last night and I I said I wait you don't know the blue mist uh, freezes your retinas. Right. You know the, <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: right. The, it's right. Each That's mist a, has a different thing that it yes. just has a different fatality, kind of yes. like in Mortal Kombat. And dude, if he hits you with the black mist, you're dead. You don't know. No,
1: yeah, you, you actually die on the spot. And it's only <laughs> happened once, and no one was able to see it, but it does happen.
2: This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you could listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, including with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. Alexa Bliss, since she's come
1: back, really hasn't much of a personality or character either. I know you're thinking, when did I mention Alexa Bliss? You did, you did, a, a, a ways ago, like way at the like beginning what? Of Like what? Like two show. weeks ago? No, it was it was a while ago. But you did mention it. You did mention it. All right, you mentioned Alexa Bliss. So you know, don't 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 interrupt me while I'm trying to do the transition from the commercial into the main show. So I didn't say anyway. a word. You didn't need to. It was your facial expression, sir. So, you know, you mentioned Alexa bliss. I, I don't know about four or five weeks ago. So we've, we talked about Alexa bliss though, in detail about since she's come back, she really hasn't had much of a character. You know, at, at first she was carrying the doll, but wasn't referencing the doll. And then the doll was gone. And then last night you see the doll again in the, in the graphic when Alexa bliss came out and, and, Everybody's waiting for this turn with Alexa Bliss. And we've seen a little little sprinkles of, of hints where it might happen. Well, you got a full-blown one last night when she prepared with the sister Abigail, but didn't pull the trigger. So let me ask you, Bully, are you intrigued? Are you interested? Because I think I might have a different take than you when it comes to Alexa Bliss.
2: I did like that moment that they created where Alexa went for the hug on Bianca and then dipped her into um, the uh, sister Abigail because the butterfly flashed on the screen, almost like a subliminal message that got to that got to Alexa reminding her that she's, you know, the possession of the fiend and then all of a sudden i love the way bianca looked at her and then she let go of it that was a nice little piece of storytelling right there and it happened within 10 seconds um when it comes to the fiend i think the character is so deep that it needs to be treated with kid gloves because we all love things like the Firefly fun house and we love the fiend's entrance but then all of a sudden the bell would ring and then it's just a regular wrestling match and no what no matter what type of bells and whistles they tried to put on it it just didn't seem to work Alexa got pulled into this I love the way Alexa reacts to everything Alexa has always been one of my favorites when it comes to promos the amount of emotion she invests in them the way she reacts to everything I'm just wondering if is The Fiend and Alexa, and if they do have a union again, going to be too gimmicky?
1: That's my fear. And you can probably throw the kind of conversation into this as well with Asuka. Would it be too gimmicky, where it would be very family-friendly to the point where the essence and the darkness of it would be lost? I felt like when... First of all, I've never really felt the same way about Bray Wyatt since the Wyatt family broke up. I think a lot of fans would agree that that Wyatt family faction was one of the most interesting, exciting factions that we've seen. And the feud that they had with the Shield was fantastic. And it was one of the best moments when they went face-to-face. You know, after the Wyatt family broke up, then they did the whole Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy thing, like... The woken you know fiend or whatever the hell it was, it just never really came off, and it was kind of like a mid card storyline that I just don't think a lot of fans were interested in and Then we got the fiend, and i I never really got into it because, like you said, bully, it was gimmicky beyond gimmicky, but also too, once you get into the match it then you're just having a wrestling match, and no one's going to forget the hell in a cell with Seth Rollins with the red light and Everybody hated that. Well, yeah, because they were trying to do something with Bray Wyatt's character, which it's hard to do when you're just having a regular wrestling match. It was the same thing with the match with uh, at WrestleMania with Randy Orton. Don't forget, they did all those images and stuff that just didn't come off. And I got to be honest with you. I wasn't crazy about the union between Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. I thought Alexa Bliss really had some momentum as a great pro wrestler. And I kind of saw her on the same level or getting close to the same level the way that we looked at a Sasha, a Bailey, and a Charlotte. She wasn't there, but she was getting there. And once she got into the whole fiend gimmick, that was completely lost. And then don't forget, bully, we got some bad TV with Alexa Bliss Being involved with the Fiend character. Don't forget the foam in the mouth. And it was like over the top where I was like, man, this is just not believable. It's too gimmicky. And it's actually affecting the wrestling matches. I don't know about you or the nation. I'm not excited about these teases
2: about her going back with Bray Wyatt. Because I don't want to see her go back with Bray Wyatt. But if not back with Bray Wyatt, then what? Because regular Alexa as a wrestler just doesn't do it for me anymore. As a matter of fact, last night, her match wasn't really doing it for me. And I also, and I I, I see the look on Alexa's face sometimes where I'm wondering if she's as immersed in what she's doing as she once used to be, like the moment of bliss stuff. Um uh, and, and any of the uh, any of the the segments that she was doing that just in, didn't involve wrestling. Like, unfortunately, when I see Alexa wrestle now, I'm getting almost those Candice Lerae vibes with the level of physicality. I don't think that the wrestling is the strong point anymore. I don't ever think the wrestling was the strong point, but it doesn't need to be when the character is so deep. Uh, Mike, I, I lo- the creativity that has went into The Fiend or the creativity that went into Alexa and everything that comes with it is awesome. But remember, Dave, what I originally said about these gimmicks. Once the bell rings and the house lights go on, now what? You're just wrestlers yeah. how do you stay true to the gimmick and things were getting a little wonky there for a wrestler for for Alexa when she was wrestling you know with Lily and you know people being scared of the doll and the looks people on being her
1: hypnotized face and stuff like that you lose me with that shit e- exactly bully.
2: so despite the fact that I, I like what they do with these characters I'm concerned about how the characters are going to be able to work in the ring. That's why I said I'd rather just see Bray Wyatt back than an incarnation of the Fiend. And maybe we're going to get Bray like we got Finn. And we're not going to rely on the gimmicky things. Like Finn hasn't unleashed the demon in a long time. We're getting Finn Balor. Hopefully we just stick with Bray Wyatt with bits and pieces of the fiend being thrown back in,
1: yeah, and 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 I don't know if you got a chance to watch NXT Deadline uh, over the weekend, but there was a match, and and I thought Deadline was a ve- a very good show with the exception of one match, and that was the Alba Fire uh, Dawn match between those two at Deadline on Saturday, and and actually was a good match until the end. You got that hocus-pocus ending where black gook is coming out of the referee's mouth. and all, Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you lose me on that. Because now it's like, all right, now it's going to that hocus-pocus supernatural type of bull crap that's a little bit too far-fetched for me. You're having an actual match, and then the, that ending happens, and you actually— heard the air come out of the building on Saturday because the fans were into the match. And then you get that ending where it's like confusing and why did that happen? And it's kind of like the, the the groan of the ugh. Because it's a little it's a little bit now too far-fetched for me to buy into. Rest, and that happens. That's just not with WWE. That happens in wrestling from time to time. But when it
2: gets that cartoonish, you kind of lose me. Which character, in the past thirty years of the WWE, has been the most gimmicky?
1: Hmm.
2: I would probably, I would probably have to say the Fiend. No, I, I was. I'm sorry, I should have said other than the Fiend. Okay, I would uh, say the. I would say the Undertaker. All
1: right the the Undertaker and and but they right. were
2: able to they were able to find. And walk that fine line from when the entrance ended to the match began. I felt like I was getting The Undertaker during the entrance and during the match. Somehow the character's entrance and the work came together. With The Fiend, I always felt like it was a, there was a very definitive um, breaking point. Like, when the lights went on, I didn't feel like we were getting The Fiend anymore. We were getting Bray Wyatt in the character of The Fiend. Does that make sense, Dave? It makes it makes sense because I'll
1: rewind a little bit with The Undertaker, and everybody knows what a big fan of The Undertaker I am. At the beginning of The Undertaker, when The Undertaker first debuted in that first, like, year, year and a half of The Undertaker, I wasn't into it. It was too gimmicky for me, and I just wasn't a big fan. But when did I start getting into it? When they started having layers of the stories, and then, like you said, kind of humanized the undertaker a little bit and got a little bit more personalized with the undertaker. And then you actually started seeing great matches from the undertaker. I think even the undertaker would tell you he was very limited at the beginning when he first started to wrestle. But then that started to change when there was more layers to the gimmick and there was more of a story to the gimmick. And we started to get that like, here's the entrance, but now we're getting a match and the things that he was able to do in the ring. I didn't see that breaking point, as you're saying, with Bray Wyatt. I did see it with the Max Katie character of Bray Wyatt because that was a little bit dark. I love the imaging of the first Bray Wyatt character, and, and, and it brought a little bit of a fear aspect. You were actually scared of that Bray Wyatt character because there was more human It was more realistic. This is somebody that you might actually bump into one day. You know, the gimmicky fiend, it was so hocus pocus and so supernatural and so out there. They lost the realistic factor to it and it lost me. And then once you start getting into matches where... People can get hypnotized and all that stuff. Then the realism of what we watch as wrestling fans is thrown
2: out the window as well. There was a company back in the day called Hustle. Do you remember it? Yes. Hustle went out of their way. And this is where the term fighting opera came from, which is my favorite term ever in wrestling. Uh, fighting opera instead of sports entertainment. I always felt that that's what we were. This was opera, soap opera, and we fight within this soap opera. Hustle went out of their way to put the emphasis on fighting opera and not pro wrestling. They had characters that could hypnotize you. They had characters that could put a spell on you. And because I understood what this company was from day one, I understood that this could happen in a wrestling ring not within the world of the wwe i don't believe that the fiend can put a spell on you or that alexa bliss can put a spell on you that's where it becomes a little too hokey and this is where the concerns come in Uh, i believe i had even said on the show dave that like i'd like to see the fiend wrestle uh, you know in a a red light and and then once i saw them actually do that idea i was like oh my god horrible idea and it was my horrible idea (laughs) I didn't like it I was just looking for something different other than ding 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 because now you just become the you're, you're just a gimmick you just a gimmick. How am I supposed to believe that anything could possibly hurt the fiend? Anybody could hurt the fiend. And look at the lights that they tried to had to go to, to hurt the fiend, to try to kill the fiend. It's one of those characters that just, it it, it it's so great that sometimes it backs itself and books itself into a corner. Because would the character do this? How, if the character is this maniacal what is i I don't even know what he this, this maniacal madman how can anything possibly hurt him and that and that was the same thing i felt about alexa bliss if you
1: remember that last run before she left like she had like the tilt of the head and she would actually hypnotize and she'd use that in that money in the bank match as well so once you've done that well, now I'm never going to buy into you losing a match. Also, like, I don't want to see Alexa Bliss in a match with Charlotte Flair because Charlotte Flair is so good, I buy into what Charlotte Flair is doing or Sasha Banks is doing or Becky Lynch is doing. Once you bring in that supernatural aspect where you can actually get hypnotized to lose a match, now you've completely lost me because once you throw that element in there,
2: then why don't you use it all the time? Then you should be winning every match. Without a doubt once you set the precedent you have to follow the precedent i am i'm wondering if they are going to learn from the mistakes of the gimmick last time and these are let's call them as bob ross would refer to them happy little mistakes because i don't i think the intent was right with the fiend i think the intent was right with uh with with alexa bliss but they found themselves in situations where like, what can we do now? What do we do now? And and I don't know if it was as well thought out as they might have thought it was. So let's see if they can learn from the the mistakes of these two characters from a couple of years ago and book them correctly now where everything makes sense from vignettes to promos to matches. And you know what? They have an advantage here
1: because don't forget... With the Fiend character, I was still wanting to see that Wyatt family, that Bray Wyatt character. I loved that character. I thought that was one of the most unique and creative characters probably since The Undertaker. Bully. And then when they changed him to The Fiend, I was upset and I didn't buy in. Now, everybody knows that that last one was a bit of a mistake. So they could really, like you said, take advantage of it. Maybe Triple H makes the character a little bit more realistic and darker where we're going to buy in. Perfect example for me, and again, fans love this gimmick, but it was a gimmick, was George the Animal Steel. When I first started watching George the Animal Steel bully, George the Animal Steel spoke. Like he actually cut promos. He was a badass. Bruno San Martino was afraid of. Of George the Animal Steel. Because he was like an animal. He would come at you. And you were actually fearful. Of George the Animal Steel. Vince McMahon made him into a comic book character. Where I'm sorry. Because I knew the old George the Animal Steel. I couldn't buy in. To the comedic comic version. Of George the Animal Steel. Because there's only so far you could go with that gimmick. I know people look fondly on it. And they love it. I hated it. Because I knew the dark george the animal steal that actually wanted to kill you um once you once you take away the realism and that dark part part of it as a wrestling fan you lose me there's an old
2: saying in the wrestling business funny don't draw money
1: yeah you know what and there's only so far you could go with funny George the Animal Steel, the dark George the Animal Steel character, was in main event matches with Bruno and sold out the garden time and time again.
2: How ago. afraid of George the Animal Steel were we of kids as kids? I was definitely afraid of George the Animal Steel. It was yep. kind of
1: like, and you know what? They're Hall of Famers, but again, I'll bring up this example the sheep herders. When the sheepleaders wow. were in the NWA, they were a bloody mess each and every mass and match, and they wanted to kill you. In the WWF, what were they? They were comic book characters. They were the Bushwhackers. But you could only go so far with the Bushwhackers. You weren't, you know, you looked at the bushwhackers, you know, you want, you like to see them do the, the, the dance and lick people's heads and all that stuff. They were funny. But like you said, funny doesn't draw money. They were never at the top of the
2: card. But, but, do you remember the bushwhackers or the sheepherders? Probably most fans remember the bushwhackers over the sheepherders. Not probably, definitely. Not me.
1: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.